So I'd like you to picture in your mind uh, this group that I'm about to call out, all answering in unison the same testimony, the same witness, and being completely on the same page. So just bear with me a moment. I want you to picture in your mind an IRS agent, a family-owned fishing vessel, and a member of the Proud Boys, all together singing the same song, preaching the same tune, and giving the same testimony. Then I want you to picture just individuals. Maybe it's a wealthy clothes seller. Maybe it's a slave. Or that guy that everybody knew was insane, but they could never seem to grab him and put him in the asylum. Or the guy that everybody saw daily on the street corner, a crippled homeless man. Maybe it's a prison warden. Maybe a slave owner. Or the man that everybody knew as so religious that he would hunt you down and kill you if you didn't agree with him. Maybe it's a young preacher. Maybe it's a couple who manufactures portable living spaces together. Or an old man that was blind from birth, but some, now, some way now he can see clearly. Of course, you're probably picking up who I'm talking about with Simon the Zealot, the tax collectors, the fishermen, the men that Jesus called to be his apostles. Completely different backgrounds, completely different goals, just think you're putting a tax collector and a, a, a national zealot on a team together and telling them to go get along and preach the same message. And of course, the wealthy clothes seller is Lydia, who sells purple. Onesimus, a slave. The prison warden, the jailer from Philippi. Onesimus, the slave. Timothy, the young preacher, the list goes on and on throughout the New Testament. But all of these people have something very different. Pretty much their whole lifestyle is different from one another. They have nothing in common. And so in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16, let's read there. And let's read what the apostle is writing to all of these people with nothing in common. <clears throat> he says, do all things without murmurings and disputings. Well, that's going to be really hard for a Proud Boys and an IRS agent to do things without murmuring and disputing. That's going to be kind of hard for the slave and the slave owner to see eye to eye. But he is telling them here, do all things without murmurings and disputings. That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Now, how do these people who are completely different from one another, that have nothing to do with each other, how are they shining as lights that do not oppose one another? Well, there's a central theme to all of these people. Every single one of them has been brought from their current state 
as an enemy of God, and they have been brought to be fellow heirs with Jesus Christ. You mean the slave and the slave owner are both joint heirs with the God of heaven? Yes. You mean the tax collector and the national zealot are both heirs, joint heirs, in the kingdom of Jesus Christ? Yes, yes they are. For everything that they lack in common, for everything that they lack in common, there is one thing that brings them to sing the same song, to preach the same message, and it just happens to be the most influential, powerful, unifying force in all of existence. It overshadows every bit of their differences. In fact, it wipes their differences away because it brings them into such a close unity that they become one, that they become a body that cannot function without each other. They become a group of people that is so dedicated to a common purpose that without one of them there, they feel like they are stumbling along. But what if it's the guy that you are the most opposite from? Well, when you're brought in to the same purpose, the same common purpose, and you are shining forth with one unified light, you don't see your differences anymore. You just see the Master who has made you one. This same force, this most powerful force in all of existence, has taken people that have nothing in common and given them the exact same light as each other. Not this person has a better light, the slave owner has a bigger light, and the slave has a very small light. You're given the same light. A light that you... And they shine wherever you go. In every situation that you're in, whether you're in this church building, whether you're in school, whether you're in the office, whether you're at home with your children, whether you're on the job site or not, this same light is shining forth. But this light doesn't magnify or glimmer on you. This light did not glimmer on the Apostle Paul. This light did not make him the focus of the light. This light did not shine forth brighter on the zealot than it did the tax collector. The only thing that is truly seen by this light is the giver of the light. When you are shining forth as a light... Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16 says, You are the light of the world. We know that it's a dark world. It's a kingdom of darkness. And you, the disciples of Jesus Christ, are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. When you are driving through valleys and peaks and valleys and peaks, you cannot help but see if a city is sitting on top of that hill because the lights are on and it shines wherever you're at. You can see it. It cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, a bushel. But they put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Kids, that's that song we sang at Thanksgiving. This little Christian light of mine. That's what that is. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Where? All around the neighborhood. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No. 
I'm going to let it shine. Am I going to let Satan blow it out? No way. I'm not going to let him blow it out. I'm going to let it shine and I'm not going to stop till Jesus comes back. That's that city that's set on a hill and that lamp, that light, that candle that you put up and you shine bright. So let your light so shine before men that they may see how great you are and how good your works are. No, that's, that's not what our verse says, is it? It says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You see, when we come from all of these different backgrounds, someone might be tempted to say, look at the great works that I have done and how bright my candle is. But when your common theme is the exact same light, you don't want the light to shine on you and show you. You only want, your one desire is that the world can see the light of Jesus Christ flowing from you. Because you want the world to have that same light. You want people to be awakened from darkness because you remember what you were in that darkness. You remember the horrible state that you were in before your eyes were opened and you want others to have that same light. And you know that they're not going to get it by praising you. They're only going to get it by seeing Jesus Christ. So let's go to the sermon that we heard this morning. Who was Tychicus before you hear of him? Who was he? Who was Aristarchus? Who was Justice? Who was Epaphras before we hear of them doing whatever role it was that God would have them do in Colossians? Who were they before that? Were they great and mighty and noble men? We have no idea. Maybe they were you. Maybe they were just like you. Maybe they were lost in a deep spiral of sin. And then they heard the message of grace. And with great remorse, they beat on their chest and cried out, Father, forgive me my sins. Maybe they lived a religious life, but then realized that their religion was just for show and they they needed the same amount of grace that the man who was so lost in the pit and mire of sin, that they needed the exact same grace to give them that light. So maybe they were just like you. Maybe they were just like us. Maybe they're the people that are in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, that are working out their own salvation with fear and trembling. Well, how do they do this? How do they become these lights? Well, verse 13 says, For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. You become these lights simply by the mercy and grace of an almighty God who decides to take someone who is so pitiful, someone who is so unclean, someone who the world has cut off, said that person is without hope. There is no hope for them. They will never be good enough. They will never be clean enough. And you're right, they won't. And neither were we. Until the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ starts to burn inside of them. 
And when that light burns, it takes away all the filth, all the dirt, all the sin, and it shows forth the mighty Savior, Jesus Christ. He is at work in you to do His will and His pleasure. He that has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So how long are we to let this light shine, kids? What's the answer? How? Till Jesus comes. That's exactly right. We let it shine until Jesus comes. God started something so truly amazing. Something that we would never have thought of when He brought all of these people together. I mean, again, I keep going back to the tax collector and the zealot. They're opposite ends of the spectrum. That's the IRS agent and the Proud Boys. They have nothing in common. In fact, without Christ outside of Him, they're mortal enemies. They hate everything about each other. But He did something so truly amazing that I never would have thought of it. You never would have thought of it. You say, you know what? I'm going to take that Proud Boys member and I'm going to take that IRS agent and I'm going to make them a team and I'm going to go tell them to spread my word. I would be like, well, that might not be your best move, God. Maybe you get the Proud Boys guy and, uh, I don't know, the guy that constantly has the don't tread on me flag, which I happen to like. And you put those two together and then you get the IRS agent and... I don't know, maybe a cop, and put those two together. That's probably a better pairing. But he's like, no, no, I want Proud Boys and IRS. I want them together. Well, uh, okay, I hope you know what you're doing, God. You know what would have happened if we start trying to go with our own plan? You try to pair people up where it makes sense. But you know what? This doesn't make sense to the world. This has no rhyme or reason to the world. In fact... The good news of God is to turn the world upside down. Not to go fit in. Not to make sense to the world. It's not supposed to make sense to the world. Because it's opposite of the world. And it has the same power. The exact same power that brought the tax collector and the zealot together. That put this ragtag group of people sitting in Herridge on a Sunday afternoon together. Wait a minute, we're all pretty much the same. In Christ, in Christ we are the same. But he brought a plumber and a lawyer, a software engineer, retired army guys, retired Air Force guys, a former cop, a concrete contractor. Should have written that one down differently. A music man, a food inspector, a history teacher, an islander with no religious upbringing, a couple who lost themselves in Las Vegas, a former Catholic, someone who was abused, and someone who grew up in a devout Christian home. And he put them all into this building and said, You are one, and you go shine my light. Well, shouldn't we team up, you know, the plumber and the concrete contractor together? Maybe put the software engineer and the aeronautical engineer together. Uh, Those make sense, right? Maybe we put the retired military guys all together and have them win this. He says, no, you're all the same. 
There's neither Scythian nor Greek. There's not slave or free. There's not male or female. You are all one in Jesus Christ. So you as one go shine forth my light. Okay, well, we're going to go preach in Pakistan then. Well, great. I want you to take the food inspector and the farm boy from Georgia and send them together. Well, they don't really have much in common now, do they? Yes, they do. They have the only thing in common that matters. The light of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that matters. I want those two to go preach my gospel. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take Paul, the religious man who was so feared, because if you didn't agree with him, he would hunt you down and he would kill you. And I'm going to take the calmer, wise man named Barnabas, and I'm going to team those two up. And you know who's going to lead that group? Barnabas at first. Barnabas was the lead at first. But Barnabas was so focused not on himself being the older wise man, he was focused on one thing, the message of Jesus Christ. And when it became more important for Paul to speak than for Barnabas to speak, Barnabas took a back seat to Paul so that the common theme was preached. Not that Paul could get more attention or that Barnabas could get more attention. It was so that Jesus Christ got all of the attention. And that's exactly what he's doing in this church right now. He's taking people that have completely uncommon pasts, careers that have nothing to do with each other, families that dress different, families that act different, and he's putting us together and saying, you be one body, one body. And if one of you is missing... I want the rest of the body to know. If one of you is hurting, I want the rest of the body to feel it. But what if it's the guy that I'm not much like? I want it to hurt just the same as if it was your twin brother that you had the exact same desires, job, and everything else. I want it to hurt that much when they hurt. Because you are one. You are no longer your individual selves without Christ. Do we still have our differentiating markers? Yes, we do. But are those what should shine forth? Are those what are the most important? Not at all. Those are just things about us. But we have one thing that is in common, and it is the most important, most powerful thing, and that is the light of Jesus Christ. The light of Jesus Christ overpowers everything of our past, And it overpowers everything of our present. The light of Jesus Christ is what should shine the brightest and show forth the most through our good works. So that means we're to be about His business in the kingdom. Okay, great. I want to lead singing. Well, do you? Can you? Well, no, I don't even know how to sing. Well, maybe you're not the proper person for leading the singing. Maybe... You need to go take out the trash at Baptist Bible Hour. Maybe that's your role. Maybe you need to be that lady answering the mail. Maybe you're the ladies that are tirelessly working in the kitchen through fight of faith. Maybe that's your role. Maybe you're Kip in the sound room. You don't want me in the sound room. I'm the worst person you could put in the sound room. Nothing, the mics wouldn't work. Nothing would get recorded. It's not my role. Maybe you're Joe pouring drinks. 
Maybe that's your goal. Maybe you're changing the air filters quarterly and nobody has any clue about it. Maybe that's your role. Maybe you're on the mowing team and nobody sees you hot and about to have a heat stroke out there cutting the grass. Because you're not doing it for attention. You're doing it for the body. Maybe your will and you're teaching islander churches and islander people about the grace of Jesus Christ. Maybe that's your role. Maybe you're the Pitney brothers that are out preaching in Africa. Maybe that's your role. Maybe you're somebody that starts prayer meetings at work. Maybe you're a a brother Aaron who makes sure that his business is focused on Jesus Christ and his gospel message. Maybe that's your role. Or maybe, maybe you can't do any of those because you're not physically able. Maybe your role is to wrestle in prayer. Maybe that's your role, to be the prayer warriors that this church needs, to be the prayer warriors that are constantly praying for the preachers, that are constantly praying for the sick, constantly praying for those in need, because you can't do some of these things anymore. Maybe He has changed your role to just simply pray. Kids, maybe your role right now is to focus on obeying your parents. Maybe that's your role. Or maybe you could even help by picking up trash. Well, that's not glamorous. Is it needed? Yeah. It's the same thing as taking out that trash that Brother Mike talked to us about this morning. But I want something more important, something bigger. That is important. They needed it. Maybe that's your role. But the thing is, this whole body is called to be a witness in some way. This whole body is called to shine forth your light in some way. We all have the same light, but maybe we're called in different ways how to shine that light. Because we know one thing. This world is in need of a light. And you just may be the light that they see. Are you prepared to go out and be a light? Are you ready to go be a light? Even in the smallest way. Are you ready to just encourage your friends who may be not talking clean on the basketball team? Or having a bad attitude towards their parents or being mean to one of their friends? Maybe you start shining a light by encouraging them in a different way. Maybe that's your role. Maybe your role is to witness to someone at work who is deep in sin or someone who is in deep despair. And your role is to shine the light of Jesus Christ over their despairing. Maybe that's your role. You know, God doesn't take special people with their own unique developed gifts. And He says, now that's the guy that I've been waiting for all along. No, he takes the tax collector and the zealot. He takes uneducated fishermen. He takes a blind man. He takes a beggar. He takes Aquila and Priscilla, the tent makers. He takes Jesse, the plumber. Aaron, the business owner. Kip, the retired Air Force guy who knows technology. Tim, the music man, to teach people how to lead that singing. Mike, the food inspector, who he calls to be 
a pastor. That's who God takes. Are any of those men special? Any of those women special? No, we're ordinary. We're just simply unexpected witnesses because we all expect the great man and the great woman to be the witness. Maybe they should do it. But God calls you, the unexpected witness, to go out and shine forth a light so bright that it cannot be hidden. I'm reminded in closing of of two people. He took John Newton, a slave-trading, foul-mouthed sailor, and he wrote Amazing Grace. What a light that has shined for generations upon generations has actually affected people's lives just by the words. Maybe a blind lady felt that she was useless for years. She had nothing to give the kingdom of God. But Fanny Crosby didn't want to just sit idly by. She wanted to shine forth a light so bright that she wrote numerous songs in our hymnals to shine forth the light of Jesus Christ. Don't think that you cannot be used. Don't think that God needs to take someone else, someone more special, someone more capable. God wants you, each and every one of His people sitting in here today, to shine forth His light. Now, He will call us to different ways of shining, but He wants you to shine your light. And when you get each of the lights in this church shining in their gifts, shining in a way that God has called them to, can you imagine how bright a light that will be in this community? How bright a light that will be to the people that come and visit this congregation that they say there is something special here and it's not the people. It's the God of these people. So go forth in whatever role that God has called you to and go forth in whatever place and path He has put in front of your feet, and you go shine that light. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank You that You have called just common, ordinary people, unexpected people, to be Your witnesses. Lord, I pray that each person in this congregation knows that they are useful in Your kingdom knows that it is their duty and their calling to shine forth a light so bright that it can not be hidden. And Lord, I pray that all of those lights would join in unison in this congregation at Heritage, that the light would be so bright that people could not miss it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.